welcome everybody to the podcast and uh, live feed and um, of course dedicating this to all those suffering through the tornadoes in America. I have many friends and family, friends and fans and fans become family from that area. Sending our love and our prayers for healing. Looking for some some opening of the heart to to find themselves in the space that is real living, eternal living. Something that gives us the tools to deal with the highs and lows, the ups and downs of this physical existence, physical world, and to see the reality that is beyond that, that is our real selves, and how to get there and establish that. start off the podcast as usual with the, the main tool that we all need, and that's to be in the present moment together, so whatever's going on with your life, whatever's happened in the past, whatever you're worried about in the future, let's just try to zone in together, no thoughts, just to empty out totally and be one with each other as These broadcasts are meant to to prove to us that we really are one and we are we are eternal and there is a way to maintain and achieve that light, that inner light that shines within us without sadness, without fear, without desire. But for that, we have to be present in the moment, so let's be right here, right now, together, new and as one, and we'll dedicate this second, this moment, this minute, this hour, whatever it will be, to a new beginning for ourselves, a new beginning for the world. The best thing I can do for the world is to make a new beginning with myself, free of hatred, free of ignorance, free of fear, free of desire. For that I need to 
expose myself to awakening, to ask myself the hard questions of what is it that is aware when I close my eyes and I let my mind settle and I ask myself, who am I? That is the deepest and the quickest route to liberation. And a lot of the questions, a lot of the suffering fall away if we're able to do it, but it is not so easy for those who have, like myself, grown up in the Western world, or you can be grown up anywhere in the world and be conditioned to being a busybody, running after fleeting pleasures, fleeting things, thinking that perhaps there's something external to yourself that will bring you eternal joy and that is not true, we, we know that. So this podcast here is for all those non-believers and believers alike, people of different races, religions, nationalities, political beliefs, because here we are only going to speak about things that you can experience yourself, which will prove to all of us our oneness while in our unique physical manifestation we our essence is one so let's try don't worry all the worries they might come back later <laughs> but for those brave souls let's jump off the deep end into the unknown of just the now forgetting your name, forgetting everything you've been taught, everything you've been told, everything you've been worried about, your physical condition, your mental condition, your financial condition, the condition of the world, because you are the world and your mental state is the mental state of the world. So as we tap into being in the moment, what we're doing is exposing our true nature, which is nothing less than peace, love, and joy. So I'm now going to ask Laser also to be in the moment and to sing this unrecorded song that maybe we will record it. This is called Right Here, Right Now. And again, all our hearts and prayers and Love are going out to those in Kentucky and the surrounding areas who are suffering from those tornadoes. This day. 
quiet space Some time I contemplate Just what you And the birds they sing it everywhere. Can you feel it coming down? Yes, love is all around. So if you just take a few seconds, a few minutes to be aware of whatever thoughts your mind is sending you, you can control that. When a thought arises, don't fight it, but don't ride it. Just like with all the pleasures in the world, don't repress it, don't obsess it. So the more that we can actually just get a few seconds of stillness of the mind that is actually the real divine which is above space and time which is actually our true being that's what we really are but this mysterious thing called the ego clouds it over thoughts of convincing us that this actual physical body alone is who I am, but if I can rise above that and go a little higher into watching my soul powers, which is the heart center. Reminding the body, the mind, that all of those pleasures and everything with the body, no matter who it is, at the end, we have to go further without the body. And then we go on even beyond that soul, that place of the unknown. What is it that is in me, through me, as me? beyond all description, all concept, and if I can stay there, I can feel that light, that indescribable feeling beyond space and time.
Has anyone been successful here? I hope so. I'm so happy to be back with everybody. I had a long uh, tour of which um, it was a little bit over a month all over the Midwest and Texas and all the way to Chicago and then eventually to New York. And uh, yeah, I'm so happy that everyone's here together. Love to see everybody's messages. If anyone has a question or a song request, my eyes are open now to the screen. People can ask it out. And uh, as I got back, my oldest daughter was getting married, so we had the engagement party right after I got off the plane. And then we had the wedding, and I had a whole bunch of shows here overseas, and it was a little bit challenging. And I ended up getting myself... <laughs> A little bit run down with a bad cold for about two weeks that I'm just getting out of. Yesterday was the first day that I was back doing my workout, which I missed really because uh, it's not just a physical thing, it's a mental thing. And so I was able to get out to the woods and run out in some beautiful nature and uh, get my push-ups and lunges and jogging and everything in. And, um, you know... When the physical body is run down, um, on one hand, we're not able to do certain things that we usually can do when our bodies are healthy, but sometimes it really can put us in a place of realizing or uh, reminding us of our um, how fragile we actually are. And uh, I was feeling that uh, as I was not able to get rid of this bad cold, and having to still play, <laughs> perform, and that those were major miracles, but we made it through, thanks to the band, thanks to all the people who helped me through it, thanks to my wife for picking up the slack in the house. Um, so that's where we stand. So today I'm back live with everybody here, and um, yeah, it's been a very interesting journey for me uh, for a long, long amount of time, where... I, uh, you know, I don't like to reveal too many certain stories about myself. It's just not who I am. I kind of like to just share different ideas and things that can help everybody do their thing. And I don't want to convince anyone that they should listen to me because I'm only giving over information here that doesn't have to be believed in. It can be experienced. And, uh, that's what I'm uh, into, and uh, I'm nobody's teacher, nobody's, <laughs> you know, uh, spiritual advisor. We're just good friends, and um, I'm just blessed to have so many good friends here that I've learned so much from. And we're just opening this up to learn together and share together to create a new environment in the world where, hey, what's up, Ben? Wow, so many great old faces that... Uh, been together so many years that go under the radar. Everyone doing their own fixing, and now they're coming out. Good to see you, buddy. And um, so many of the names I'm seeing here, people have really, all of you helped me go uh, move along. We're, we're, I'm so excited that we have a new singer-songwriter album coming out um, of songs. And um, thank you so much to Lots of Love Records for working so hard to to keep that going so anyone wants to help us or support us 
with that or the tours can go to the the, the website laserloid.com and there's the pa uh, patreon there or lots of love records and and you can go on there and thank you so much everybody i don't want to speak anything else about um, financial things because the the record company lets me do this for free and i we're not here for the finances we're here just to the only agenda is to help you be you in your way and help the world unite in a new unique path that doesn't have a name <laughs> we're not giving it a name it's just a whole bunch of people that are saying hey you know we, we need a new way it doesn't mean we have to give up everything about our old way but we have to question our old way of what how how it's been successful in the world and how it's not been successful and i think each of us have to question our own our own selves of what we've been doing in the world how, how we've been successful with the way we've been going or are we able to be humble enough to say hey i don't think this is the way a person should be living their lives i don't think this is the way a religion should be you know running their end of the institution i don't think history has shown that whatever religion it is there's a lot of questions to be asked whatever country it is there's questions to be asked and yet my main theme here is always don't get into fanatical postures of all this or all that those are all the good people those are all the bad people that never works out you know there was a new light in the world that came to remind us let's not be quick to judge and let's just remind ourselves how much we don't know but i'll just tell you an interesting little story that i picked up on how quick people sometimes are to judge and how we have to really stay away from it um for instance my haircut <laughs> now i'm going to give you a little story about my haircut this was not something planned this was not something where you know i hadn't had a haircut in many years it wasn't a something where all of a sudden i'm making some life change or spiritual change there was actually absolutely no change on my part and yet i'll tell you the story of how it happened and I'll tell you a little bit more background. One of my spiritual leaders that I had met about 27 years ago, he had a lot of beautiful teachings. But one of the main teachings he told us a lot of times was, listen to your kids. He was like, today, you know, the old world, we used to teach our kids and tell them what to do. He says, listen, keep your kids close. Listen to them. You know, the kids, a lot of times, they see you better than anyone else or even you see yourself. So I've always tried to take that. And uh, just a little background on Laser Lloyd. I'm married for 26 years, thank God. And uh, my main focus has always been my wife and children. I have five children, two grandchildren. Thank God my two oldest are married already. And I'm uh, very proud of that because it's a lot of hard work. And it's also the balancing of... Um, I always tell people, well, I'm not really as good of a husband, a father, a musician, a business partner, a spiritual uh, teacher as I'd like because I'm juggling all of those things and it's all about balance. And But I, I, am, I am kind of proud that I keep all of those balls up in the air as I try to keep everything going and, and, and um, I think... It is important. It doesn't mean we can't learn from people who 
don't have proper family lives or haven't gotten into family life or haven't been able to pay their bills. But sometimes there is something that we need that when we, when we learn from people who have uh, kept it together for many years and weathered some storms, whether they be marital or, or teenage storms or, 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 or grandkids or financial pressures or keeping a, a, a career going. And, and while you're growing your spirituality, which, which is our main thing, or calling it beyond spirituality or whatever you want to call it, of grasping our eternal essence. But so I'm just giving a little bit of background that I've always tried to keep my kids close and uh, take a little bit of a unique approach. You know, it's very open-minded in my house. I don't try to impose anything on the children, try to grow each one in their own way. So, you know, uh, we're living it close to the bone here, being in a musician. And so we're not taking any vacations, flying overseas or doing stuff or big hotels, but once a year I try to rent the kids a few days with my wife. We try to go to rent a house that has some pool where they can go swimming and we can hang out in the country. And So this year we went out and, uh, and one of my youngest daughters, 15 year old, she mentioned in the pool, she said, Dad, your hair is getting really long and uh, you're looking like a homeless person. <laughs> and I'm not maybe I'm not making fun of that because you know the truth is I don't really never fit in anywhere. But I have noticed lately when I've been going through San Francisco, Los Angeles, even New York, that I, I, there was a few homeless people that did come up to me and say, "Hey, buddy, you know they're giving out sandwiches over here, over here." So I guess maybe I guess my hairdo did. I guess the only thing could be described was looking a little bit out of the usual, but that's okay. Anyway, my youngest daughter, 15, she said, you know, Dad, I think you should you, you should uh, just cut a little bit off the back. It's getting, you know, to make a long story short, I took a shower. I told my 17-year-old, I thought she would help me with it. I, I held my, my uh, ponytail. I said, here, can you just cut off like two or, two or three inches of my ponytail? And uh, I want to make my younger daughter happy, sure, I'm connected and I'm listening. I mean, if your kids tell you, hey, dad and mom, let's try meth together, you obviously you shouldn't shouldn't be listening. <laughs> you have to use discretion with, with, with this advice. But should be open to your children. And, and really, the kids have so much to teach us. And they really, you know, we get really upset when the children tell us something that we don't like to hear. But that's usually because the children see us much better than we see ourselves. And I've always been open to that and learned so much from my own children and I've let them kind of lead the way in a lot of things. <clears throat> so I give that advice to others. Don't make your don't make your, a cookie cutter with your kids. Don't try to make them the next you. Let them be the next them and help you be a better you. And so my second daughter, she says, uh, no, dad, you don't just cut it like that. You have to take a brush. So she took if you guys remember what my hair looked like, she took all my, she took a brush, she grabbed all of my hair and I held it up and she thought she was taking over only three inches up. <laughs> but imagine she took three inches off of all of the hair and she let it go and it looked like someone put a pot over my head. Anyway, my wife freaked out. She's like, oh my God, look what you, I didn't want to make my daughter feel bad, but it was quite a, a different thing. But as soon as it happened, I kind of realized that, okay, 
what am I going to do, make my daughter feel bad? It's okay, let's go with it, you know. My wife said, you got to go next day to the barber, so I found a barber. I said, you got to fix this. My wife, should not let me in the house, you know, making a joke about it. He says, well, I, I can't really fix it unless we make it short. And uh, so I kind of knew he was going to say that. So I said, okay, whatever you got to do, I left it in his hand, so he cut it. And then he says, well, you got this long beard. It kind of looks funny with your short hair. So I said, okay, whatever you think looks good. And because, you know, making peace in the home with your wife is a big thing. And uh, you got to make sacrifices for that sometimes. Not everything you, you goes your way. And uh, anyway, how important really is it what our hair or our beards look like? So I, that was what happened there. I haven't been singing anything differently. I haven't been saying anything differently. I'm not wearing different clothes. Not uh, no different philosophy. I got hit in the face with the um, reality of of what this time of the year is really about, and, and and about that people getting afraid when someone was exposing people to know that they're judging people on their external appearances, and then I was really attacked by a whole bunch of people, not physically, but wow, religious leaders. I had people who were. Like, you know, the hippies were saying, oh, are you sold out? I had people who were like, you know, Jesus freaks saying, hey, what are you doing? You know, and I had rabbis judging without even asking anything. And it was, you know, really exposed a lot of a people for their things in their heart, which I really, you know, I forgive everyone. But it was really um, opening, uh, mind opening, you know. When the new light came to expose people for judging others and was showing the mainstream institution how off they are and how not to judge, it wasn't specifically speaking to just one group of people at the time. It was speaking to all of mankind all of the time that be very careful about how you don't judge people by their externals and, and try to get, at least try to ask people for a story, try to ask people what's going on. So, um, you know, imagine how bad my 17-year-old would feel if she, she saw some of the emails or stuff, I would the, uh, the messages I would get from some certain people just because, you know, she by mistake... It combed on my hair and had me get my hair short, you know. But they're already hip to the people who are stuck in different establishments, whether it's religious or ideological or political, where people are, you know, want everyone to be just like them. And they really have fears in their heart of anyone who's going to be a little bit different because they're not really secure in their own belief systems. And so I just wanted to tell you now to be open about the agenda here is that the only agenda we have here on the Laser Lloyd podcast and this open uh, streaming and the music for so many years is just to break down the borders because I meet so many different type of people all over the world, different religions, different races, different political backgrounds that we have to be very careful. It was the same thing when I started the, one of the popular videos, which was called The Bridge, which, you know, uh, I didn't know it at the time, but 
I, I, I was exposed to it later that that was really what uh, a new light was coming to give, was to, to come over to give a bridge, a bridge between the heart and the mind, a bridge between this world and the, the divine, uh, a bridge between different types of people beyond caste, beyond all sorts of um, fine type in the in the rule book. And uh, so I bless you all just to realize, you know, if we're thinking that we're celebrating this holiday season and we're, we're sort of holy people or whatever, but for some reason we, we think that everyone who voted for a different political party than us is somehow, you know, they're all evil. You know, you know, we got to realize that we, we we're, we're judging if we think people of different religions, different races. I also, these are obvious things that you, you all know, but sometimes we don't focus on it because we're really so caught up in what we think is defending our, the truths of our our nation or our religion or whatever cultural background we come from. All of a sudden, we have to be careful not to get thrown into to high school, my team, your team, small-mindedness, and we start judging people and throwing people into huge generalizations. And people are doing it from all sorts of the political maps and all sorts of things. So we've been trying to break down those things to be a bridge for many years. My friend Jonathan says, I had the opposite thing happen I always had short hair and wanted long hair and the first time I started to grow it uh people weren't that supportive of my middle <laughs> okay I've cut it three times donated but the donated well that's beautiful but I'm not sure I'll cut it again you know it's become part of me yeah you know the truth is we all have to feel comfortable with our externals how we look but that's not who we really are I'm not my hair you know I'm not my hand. Those are part. Those are mine, but that's not who we are. And when we really are beyond that, you know, it didn't really bother me too much what the other people were saying because I had already known from different comments when I'm trying to bring people together all the years, as soon as I say something that doesn't go, you know, I ask somebody to, to, to challenge themselves, you know, as I just heard one of my one of my uh, teachers the other day in Colorado say that she remembered the first time that she grew up down south and she remembered the first time when she was young. This is maybe we're talking thirty five years ago, forty years ago maybe, that her history teacher down south challenged the students to um, take a look at their uh, prejudices based on history and to take a different look at the history and how hard it was for them when they had to face some different, some historical facts, things that they didn't like to hear that they, they, they just hadn't been told. And here was this history teacher down south forcing them to do it. And they, she admitted, she said, in the beginning I was really uncomfortable. I really didn't like it because I really loved my parents and they they didn't they didn't know about these things or or they did know they didn't tell me the next thing i know i'm exposed to some really hard facts about america's history in particular the history down south and 
And uh, she said we, there was an immediate pushback because it's not the storyline I'm usually told. But then I had to realize things that were, weren't right. And so, so that's what we've been trying to do here. We're exposing a lot of different ideas from a lot of different people and a lot of different teachings here are taken from different places. So anyway, let's take an opportunity to know that even though we can't please all the people all the time, sometimes Laser Lloyd does his best. And this is kind of a song, it's kind of a funny thing, but it's, I, uh, you know, when I'm playing those bars growing up, you get all those drunk guys yelling out, hey, play Freebird, stay with Evan, you know, oh, Aerosmith, whatever they're saying, calling out. You can't, you can try to learn every song, but you can't really. So I put together a song using all the song titles, and this is going to be on the new album, give you a little taste of it. It's called Raised on Rock and Roll. talking about the agenda is just to help you be you you know that's what we're here uh, I've seen a lot of good people in many different paths hey Janice great to see you I've seen people you know who who are many different religions and many people without any religion equally holy equally beautiful equally loving equally intelligent and then I've seen a lot of people from a lot of different religions that really is small-minded uh, small-mindedness and far off the main point of what their religion was trying to give over always we have these different revolutionary teachers over the years that have come to different religions the different spiritual leaders that come to shake up the tree and to shake it up and to say hey we're off the mark and they rejuvenize things, and sometimes they get different names. 
reminds me of my own spiritual path. This is kind of maybe a moment I have to decide whether to say this or not because, uh, you know, again, I think I've always made it that I don't want people who are listening here to take what I'm saying because I'm saying it, but they, they should be able to use it in their own way. But sometimes we like to know about the people, why they are the way they are, what they've done. But I've, I've never had any really choice in the matter of just uh, of always looking um, deep into what is beyond the body. Uh, at four years old, my first memory that I ever had in life was um, my mother on the phone screaming a voice that no one ever wants to hear, holding my baby brother who was one year old at the time, screaming to the policeman on the phone that my, that her, her child isn't breathing. And um, I don't want to get into all the details, but my, my brother died that day. And... Uh, that's the first memory I have was of that scream, screaming, that voice that you know when people are in desperation, that only when they're when faced with death, speaking to the policeman. And, and then I, I remember I got shuffled off to the neighbors somehow. I don't, you know, it's kind of like a blackout a little bit. And, uh, and then I walked out. And there was all these policemen in the driveway and some big old policeman. I said, where's my brother? And he kind of looked up into the sky. And uh, I remember it wasn't easy for him to get the words out. And uh, and he, he, he kind of told me that uh, my brother is in a better place now uh, with God. And so then I remember a very hard time of some dark days of just mom being in a real bad spot with me on her lap and, and me actually as very young, I think maybe four and a half, five, having to tell my mom, hey mom, come on, we got no choice. Let's just move ahead. We're going to have to push through this and get out of this. And then I remember they bought me a little dog and I would just go out into the woods. And so I was a very young age. I was out there in the woods searching and I was forced so the reason I'm telling you this because, you know, uh, we should do whatever each one of us can do. Each one of us is given certain circumstances in the world, whether we're athletes, whether we're musicians, whether we're intellects, whether we're uh, caregivers, whatever we're built to do, we always have to remember that we should do whatever we can, but it's not us that's the doer. It's, it, it, it's the whatever it is that is that thing that is everywhere all the time. It is manifesting through us, and we don't know the reasons. But so I, I, I all this people is telling me a lot of time is say, "Oh, laser, you're an old soul," or "Laser, you're you've tapped beyond somehow." You know, I, I really want to tell you the truth that it's nothing I did. It was kind of imposed on me, and then you have to kind of go, you you wrestle with that role, but you realize. That's the only thing that you're really here to do because you've already looked death in the face at a very young age. Hey, hope my friends in Missouri are safe. I saw the, the tornadoes got over there as well. 
And so I'm just giving you a little bit of background. I haven't really shared that before, but uh, I guess it's, uh, you know, it's uh, I should share that because at a very young age, then I was exposed to different uh, different spiritualities, and my, my, my house was very open to that. But I went to camp in Maine when I was very young and got introduced to Native Indian spirituality. I told you guys a few times about learning how the, the, the trees were my great-grandparents and we have to respect them. They're guarding us and they're giving us water and air and shade and and keeping the land fit. And I remember being told that very young and, and, and having that connection to nature in a very deep way. And since then, always realized that if you want to feel your own divine inside and go back to do a reboot, that always, if you go to the place that is least touched by man you can get feel that divine space that will give you all the truths and bring it back to you it even is your soul is just by looking at it and being there breathing the air being in the environment of that it totally retakes you and then in college as i was growing i got exposed to the teachings of the buddha which i really enjoyed after basically being exposed at a younger age, I guess, to mostly, I guess, Christian spirituality growing up in America and having gone to church with my cousins that I called them who were Catholic, even though my uh, my parents were Jewish, but it was kind of secular. And even though they had very um, beautiful values like Abraham of just um, inviting everybody into the house. If there was anyone they knew who was, you know, suffering, people would be invited to live in my, my house. They had people come in from the inner cities that would, would go to my high school that they would help. And it was just very open and caring, but there was not too much. That's I guess that was the extent of what I was exposed to uh, spiritually in that direction. And then in college, I got very much into the teachings. I went to a liberal arts college where I majored in music, where I was learning the blues and jazz and started writing my own music. And then, uh, But you had to take some other courses, so I got into Japanese history. And from there, I started reading the writings of the Buddha. But I just wanted to tell you this little story as, as, a, as a stepping stone to how I got into the mystical traditions of what was happening in Israel and then in India and different Sufi traditions and and how I see that they're all connected and they're all deeply connected and they're all one and they're all pointing to that which can't be said because the truth is, the truth, it just is. It isn't anything that can be written down. It isn't anything that can be spoken about. So anything here is just trying to help you open up and think about different things. And so I was Blessed to keep going searching higher, and as, as you move around, you you get exposed to different things. And uh, but this, I really one of the stories I really like that people to think about it here is um, I remember the, the very story I love is with this person who was going around and he was really um, into serving uh, some Indian god. Um, I guess it must have been some Hindu god in Buddha's time. And he was just, uh, you know, was trying to please this god and and whatever he was doing. But he wasn't really sure about it. He came to the Buddha and he said, 
he says he asked the Buddha. He says, Buddha, can you t- tell me the truth now? Really, is there a, is there a, is there a God? And so Buddha looked at him. And there's a lot of students around now. And Buddha looks at him. And he says, "No, there's no God." And the guy was just, just you know, he he was just wow, blown out of the water and. And then another guy came, and he was totally convinced that there's no God. And he was just, you know, just doing whatever he wanted in the world. And, you know, physical pleasure, everything. Well, he was just convinced there's no God. And he comes to the Buddha. He goes, right, right, Buddha? I want to just ask you, just tell me the truth, right? There's no God, right? And the Buddha looks at him, and the Buddha says, oh, no, there's a God. (laughs) And the guy's like, what? But you never mentioned the name God. You're just like telling people how to be in the zone and to feel what is reality. And and he's like, he's like flipped out. And so the students are, are watching this. They say, okay, what's going on here, Buddha? And he says, he, he, basically, he was telling them that the, the main point is not if there is or isn't God. The, the point is each of those persons were making big mistakes on their spiritual path for different reasons, and what would ever help them search deeper, more really, I told that to those people. It's not for me to decide what title each person in the world wants to give to that undescribable truth that is. People give it different names. And then throughout history and different times of history and different places, there are different teachers who are coming to wake the world up to expose themselves to that which is behind the veil. It's sort of like the movie screen where the movies, everything that's put on the movie screen is the creation, but the, we know when the movie's over, only thing that's left is the screen. So all of creation is just the movie that is within the movie screen but it is not anything lasting and we have to connect to what is behind that what is the actual thing that is always there and so i really love that story and so that is always what i've been doing is is um people write me from different religious backgrounds people who write me with no religious backgrounds and i i'm not pushing an agenda here um, I think I'm going over some of these things because this is actually the first first podcast that is actually being recorded on a professional Zoom, which we we're able to finally organize because my situation on the road has been very, you know, uh, crazy, moving all the time and and with the family. I haven't been able to sit down. I don't have a place where I can just make a permanent studio, so it's wherever I am. So thank you to my manager Yo from Lots of Love Records. Uh, um, thank you for everyone here for sharing the broadcast and um, take a chance take a chance might be that all your friends might not agree with this you know maybe you're going to have friends that are you know who knows super liberal and and they're not they're going to think laser lloyd is somehow i don't know maybe he's telling you that not all the people down south or in the middle of the country or if they voted for trump maybe they're not really racist maybe they are good people or i don't know maybe you're a person who's down in texas and you're a trump supporter and you're afraid of 
sharing Laser Lloyd because maybe you're thinking, oh man, maybe I got some right wingers are going to think this Laser Lloyd dude, he's kind of open minded and he speaks about all sorts of spiritual ideas. But but you know what? This is what the world is suffering from today. If you people always ask me, what does the world need, Laser? Is it is it faith in God? I said, well, I, I, I tell you the truth, we need to have faith in each other. We need to learn more about each other. We need to open ourselves to see the beauty. And I can just tell you that this isn't something I have to believe in. I'm exposed to seeing on the road just so many people from so many different backgrounds who are so beautiful and they come from different political sides of the spectrum, especially in America today where things are heated up. I have best friends that are super left-wing fanatics and super right-wing fanatics and in a nice way I don't I, I try not to speak about religion and politics with people today because people cannot really do that in a healthy manner people lost their mind but um, all we need is love yes Peter we're going to try to speak about how we get that love people are speaking about love today but how do we actually become that love how do we actually become love but anyway so I tell those people, yeah, I hear what you're saying, but it's not as black and white as you're trying to make it. And But people like to make things black and white. They like to listen to one news channel. They like to listen to one preacher. They like to listen to one sort of nationalism, one political thing, because they don't want to be challenged, because the truth is total confusion. If you go into the truth, you will just be there right now as emptiness, as non-thinking, as being exposed to the higher consciousness, which is existence, just existence, feeling yourself as existence, aware of that, conscious of that. And that is the bliss. But as soon as you try to figure that out as opposed to just be, You've lost it, but it's very that that is a real deep truth, and that's when you're in the moment. That's when you're seeing everything as yourself. That's when you're able to see you in everything and everything in you, and that's when you're not able to buy in to one of these small-minded philosophies. And yet, people really don't like it if you try to tell them that they might be a little bit. Uh, close-minded we, we, we it's good that people have different perspectives listen uh, we're in this we're getting close to Christmas Christmas you had 12 disciples they all thought saw the story a little bit different and had different ways of viewing it and most of Christian if listen you always have to remember that I tell people Jesus and Christianity are two totally different things I really love a lot of the teachings of Jesus but I really have a distaste for the history of Christianity and the institution and the churches, what they've done around the world with some of the good things. There's been a lot of suffering at the hands of the churches, just as it has been with, uh, you know, there's a lot of different types of Muslims around the world. But also, I was having a discussion with a Muslim cab driver the other day. You know, I was reminding him that every Muslim country in the world has been conquered has by, by Islam, it wasn't like people just put up a sign, hey, can we come into your country? No, it, and we have to know the realities of what jihad is and how jihad works. But at the same time, we have to know how many different Islams there are. 
There's countries with millions of people in Indonesia that are completely peaceful, have no hatred for any other people, and they are being beaten. And then you have other places that are extremely dangerous. And you have to know that it's the same thing with Christianity. You have to know that there's people that are really, I find, I find it beautiful today that uh, there are people I meet in the middle of America that I go there, and I'm thinking of Washington, Missouri right now, and people who have 2,000 years after more the, the supposed time of the birth of Jesus who are, who are actually, I can feel how that, that was a redeemer because for them, I can see within them a simple faith in a good way, in a positive way, not in a small-minded way, not in a hating way, but in a healthy way of just love and hope and faith and goodness. And, and that's beautiful. And then I've seen other people in other parts of the country. There's for sure in Missouri some of those people because a lot of KKK in Missouri where people just really got the storyline wrong. It's a big question mark. How was the church so involved with slavery? It's a very big question mark. All of these nations that were involved with the colonizing and colonialism, these were just church-run states that were really raping people all over the world for their resources, and then they would, you know, proselytize them. And so there's a, there's a lot of questions that we have to open up about, and, you know, we have to open up to, to speak about the whole thing. We have to speak about the whole thing. And um, food for thought, as you think about this holiday season, anti-Semitism is on the rise all over the world, and we have to realize that if you don't think about things, you can really get sucked into it, even just by going to a simple church sermon. My buddy said, hey, you know, the other day they were talking about the Pharisees and how they were all wicked, and it kind of, like, it clicked that when I was young, I kind of, like, didn't think about it, but I like hated all Jews because I just figured all Jews are Pharisees and they all killed Jesus. Even though the preacher might not have specifically said that, even though there was plenty that did, uh, you know, you have to realize that the Pharisees <laughs> were just a gr one group of Jews that were living in the Holy Land at the time. And you, as it says in the New Testament, you had thousands of people that were following the teachings of Jesus. And you had a lot of people that were listening and were awake. And yet when it came down to the actual decision making of to turn him over to Pontius Pilate, that was like the decision of like a few political heads. It's not like today where people, it's not like people assume like, oh yeah, all the Jews voted to kill Jesus. It didn't work like that. It's like the, the head priest of the time of the Pharisees they said, oh yeah, this guy is a troublemaker. It was probably about power. He's rattling the system. We'll turn him over to Pontius Pilate. Now, there's endless Christian and Jewish versions of what happened. It doesn't matter. But what's obvious is that to somehow generalize in your book that all Jews were the people who killed Jesus or were, were these people who were all judging or... You know that every, you know Jesus would be really upset if he thought that he caused the 
the, the bloodshed of millions of Jews because of anti-Semitism, which actually the, is the root of the cause of the Holocaust and the Spanish Inquisition, he would be like, wait, I'm the one who's telling you not to judge and you're going to turn around and judge all the Jews? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, we, you know, these are things that not, people don't like to speak about. We're going to have to speak about it now. You know, we're going to have to open it up and ask ourselves because, you know, I just saw, you know, beautiful story. As a musician, I'm exposed to a lot of things. You know, Louis Armstrong used to have a, a Jewish star on his, uh, around his neck, in his chain. And people never knew what that was. But Louis Armstrong explained that he had a really rough time growing up. And when he was down in Louisiana, I think it was around New Orleans, that he was helped raised by a Jewish family. They took him in and helped guide him. And he said those teachings helped him all the way through his life to, to respect people and to have success. And when I hear that story, it reminds me of a friend of mine who told me how painful it is to realize that today there's so much anti-Semitism in the black community that, it, you, that it, he doesn't understand. He said that's only started when the black people started getting into Islam and a lot of it was the Louis Farrakhan and all. And there's a lot of stuff in the Koran that they try to make all the Jews and all the Christians bad also. You have to be careful of that. That's a whole other thing where in some places the Koran praises the Jewish people and praises Jesus and other people. It really, other places there's lines. We have to be careful where different religious leaders have taken it out of context that anyone who's not a follower of Muhammad is worthy of death. So we have to really open our minds and not be blind to Islamophobia and anti-Semitism. Those things are real. But at the same time, we have to know that there are these other problems in different places with terrorism and other ideologies that are dangerous, such as I'm telling you now. I had a friend of mine who said, Laser, when I was growing up, my father used to tell me that, man, the only ones he used to see around Martin Luther King who were white were rabbis or Jewish liberals who were hippies who were trying to help Martin Luther King. And now today in the black community, you have this really weird thing of anti-Semitism really stretching out throughout the black community because a lot of black people turning to Islam. And we have to be aware of that. It has to be spoken up against. We can't just speak about Islamophobia like a lot of these congresswomen like to speak out about, without speaking up about the anti-Semitism. And you have to know that anti-Israel today, Martin Luther King said it, anti-Zionism is anti-Semitism. And even today, you can speak about different issues, but anti-Israel today is anti-Semitism. And I'm going to tell you why. Because... Over living here 27 years, it is so complicated between the Palestinians and the Israelis, the Jewish people, and the Palestinians and themselves. Just as we have seen the Syrian war, which was a civil war between Muslims, between religious Muslims against religious Muslims, and religious Muslims against Muslims who they think is less religious, a different sect, a different tribe. The, the lowest estimates that 300,000 people were killed, civilians, to 600,000 and millions transported to Europe. And that was Muslims against Muslims. And you had that with the Iraq-Iran war, where Muslims were killing Muslims. So 
the Jewish people have been faced since the very beginning here of there is no one specific person to talk to. Because even if a president makes a deal with Mahmoud Abbas, half of the voting public voted for Hamas, and they are not agreeing with that. So there's no one to turn to. And then the whole land thing, it is so complicated. So anyone today who makes the conclusion that it is all of Israel's fault, that can only stem from anti-Semitism because anyone with a little bit of knowledge of how complicated the issues are in Israel, come here, I've been here 27 years, I have a lot of Muslim friends, I have a lot of different friends here, they know how complicated it is and and there's 1.5 million at least Muslims living as citizens in the land of Israel they're in the Knesset, they're in the government of Israel, they're treated equally as citizens. It has nothing to do with apartheid, it's not even close. So I want to speak up about all these things. We should clean our hearts, totally go into a new reboot as the holiday season comes along, to have it be a total reboot of truth, a total reboot of asking myself, who am I? Let me question what I've been told. My parents gave me my name. They gave me my faith. A lot of times they gave me my ideologies, my beliefs, what I think, my town, my township, my state, my college, my whatever I grew up. Let's challenge it a little bit and let's open it up and let's really become love. Let's go back to the original message of becoming love. And the only way to do that is when you do not see yourself as the external thing. Because if you focus on the external thing, all of us are so different that usually people only like people who are the same color, the same looking eyes, the same stature. And it's hard to break those barriers. But if you look at what your essence is, you realize that you are actually the essence. What your essence is, is everyone else's essence. That does not have to be believed in. That can be experienced again. If you, when a thought arises, you ask to whom that thought arose, and you are brave enough to stay as the witness, as awareness, feeling that higher source of the world, that that is your true self. That is you, and to let that guide you, to let go of the ego, Let go of your fears, which are driven by your desires. And when you will realize that that is your only, that is the only temple that can be built, is that temple in your heart where you are able to be free of thought and aware of that higher energy. Whatever name you want to give it, different systems give it different types different names and there's so many 
so many overlapping truths into different realities of the mystical traditions under different names in different parts of the world. You have to honestly be able to feel the world as yourself. You have to be able to actually give with your physical hand, understanding you are not the giver. You are not the doer. You need great humility for that. I bless you all to have that humility. I am no star. I am just whatever I am. These are my given names by my parents, both Laser and Lloyd are my given names at birth and at my circumcision. <laughs> and um, yet, I have no doubt from the reality at four years old that what I am and what we are and what should be focused on is way beyond this physical existence. And that needs to be our main focus. And that doesn't mean we can't be loving to all those around us. We don't have to go move anywhere else. We can still pay our bills. We don't have to get sucked into the material rat race. Neither do we have to give away all our possessions. We have to be find balance today. We can be totally involved, loving, and not attached at the same time. And I hope everyone had a good time today. Let's give you a little taste of this new song coming up on the new album. Thank you, everybody, for sharing the podcast. Thank you for opening your hearts. I will read all of your messages. And everyone could write me. And I do send people different teachings depending on where they're at. Uh, what they want uh, to continue and not everyone gets the same thing because it depends where you are at and if uh, if I said something today that really disturbed you I'm happy because it means it, it means maybe you have to be awakened and you maybe have to go into being a little bit more open-hearted open-minded to uh, making this world a bridge, connecting this world. This world is getting smaller by the minute, and we are praising all of those who are working hard to awaken the world to the ultimate reality that we are all one, and that is coming very quickly, and we are all one. But the main thing to focus on, everybody, I'm blessing you, Focus on your own mind control that controls your lack of excitement for the good and the bad that is in the world. Also, it lets you be exposed to riding the wave the way the wave is supposed to be rode. Don't fight the wave. And... Uh, See if my voice is recovered enough to sing this. God don't make me no star. Just wanna pay my bills. And hear people feel like living. 
Without all the liquor and the pills God don't make me no star You know that ain't who I am Just keep on sending them good people His family lovers and friends Well you know that I just want to live my life Just in a way Try a little more and more each day to learn what it takes to be a good man. Cause I've made plenty of mistakes. And I think there might be more. No matter how far I've fallen. I know you never lock the door But God don't make me no star With my head above the clouds Just help keep my heart humble Keep my feet on the ground Cause you know that I just want to live my life Is there a way that I can understand Trying a little more and more each day To know what it means to be a real man God answers back Everyone I make is a star But you've got to want to shine No brighter than nobody else Just my own life helped me find The world, son you just got to live your life in a way that you can understand Try a little more and more each day Learn what it means to be a good man That's a little taste of the song, No Star. I want to play the whole thing that you wait for the album you know I'll give you one more little taste of something else uh we're speaking about love so let's have a love song love it doesn't come easy and the real love we need is true when we literally love ourselves that we know this very moment if we go deep into the heart what was was and what is will be will be but the only thing that really is real is right now this moment 
we can jumpstart our hearts right now. It doesn't come easy, but the start can happen. Be brave every day going back into always back into your true peace of uh, going back into your inner peace few times a day try to find a way last thing I'll say is if you can wake up in the morning give yourself 45 minutes when you come out of that deep sleep state we all know in our deep sleep everyone's happy not in the dream state but the deep sleep state there's great happiness why because there isn't the ploys of the mind So who are you when you're in that deep sleep state when the mind isn't there? So when you awaken, it's very important those first 45 minutes not to let the mind jump into I am this body, I am this physical thing, I am this personality, I am this, I am that, and that. Just stay, no mind, just experiencing that new feeling that new soul connecting that is the transcending that lets you then go into the world no matter what you do you are still in that space completely focused completely aware yet in that deep sleep where the world does not get you I'm going nowhere I'm just traveling through time Waiting for someone to show me Cause so long This heart's been running blind But I tell myself I love No, it don't come easy Easy come, maybe easy go. But some say love, it's all so easy. When it comes, oh yes, you will know. And I wanna know, oh yes, oh yeah. I Again, that's a little taste. Love don't come easy. Love you, everybody. Thank you so much for being together. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for supporting. You can go on laserloid.com and help us get the new album out. So thank you for taking the journey together. They're working on a book of some of the teachings. And together, we're going to figure it out.